This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Objections, Sales EQ, and Inc. And I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm here at the headquarters of KTOM, a powerhouse in the restaurant and commercial kitchen marketplace. And I'm with Patricia Bible, who is the KTOM CEO for a special conversation. Before we get started, I want you to go check out Sales Gravy University. It is the most powerful sales training engine on earth. And if you're a business owner, pay attention. When your salespeople are trained, they will sell more. And you can go check out exactly how we do this at Sales Gravy by going to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com. And if you've never taken a course, go take your very first course for free using the code free course. That's learn.salesgravy.com free course. Patricia, it's so nice to be with you at KTOM headquarters. Jeb, it is always my distinct pleasure to be with you. You're an amazing gentleman. Now I was doing the math and it turns out that I've known you now for 11 years, which it's, it seems like it's gone by really, really quickly. But if you take a look at the growth of this organization since I first met you, it is absolutely phenomenal. And one of the things about you that is so special for me is that I've learned so much from watching you, so much wisdom. I've had my butt reamed out a few times and, and I've learned from those things, but you always have a way of getting people to think. And on the podcast, because it's really rare that I get to spend time with you this way, I, I wanted to dive into your wisdom, the things that you've learned along the way, because you have so much to share. And I watch how you work with other leaders and the way that you challenge people. And I thought that I could ask you a few questions to get you just to talk a little bit about the things that you that you see that you want to pass on, sort of a, 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 a legacy of, of wisdom through through your eyes. Is that, is that, will that work for you? I think that's very, very fair. And I'm going to start with one quick comment. Old age and treachery will outdo youth and skill any day of the week. So all you young guys out there, watch out for us. People have wisdom in old age. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The, one of your favorite quotes is a quote by Winston Churchill, and Mm -hmm. it is success is not final. Failure isn't not, it's not a fraud. And it's the courage to continue that counts. Now, when we think about my audience, sales, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, it's a pretty powerful quote, but tell me what this quote means to you. Let me tell you, courage. Just take that one word out of that quote. That is the key, the key to life, because we live in a world that wants to dampen us, that wants to dampen our spirits. And it's so easy to buy into what the world has to say, but Within you, if you're courageous and you have that strength to get up and be better today than you were yesterday, you're always going to win. Are you always going to be right? Are you never going to make a mistake? Absolutely not. I fail pretty regularly. But the thing is, having the courage to pick up and go forward after each and every failure, it's just part of life. So tell me how you find that, because when you think about this business, you I think when I met y'all, we're a $30 million company today. You've 10X that. Um, you're, you know, you're heading barreling towards a billion dollars in business and a family-owned organization that you and your, your husband started uh, a long time ago, back in the 90s. 
crazy growth, but there have got to be some major crash and burns that just oh. challenged your ability to to live up to this quote. You know what? There have been. And then the first one truly was the death of my husband, very unexpected. And at the time, we had 18 single head of household women that ran KTOM. And what gave me the courage were those 18 women. I had both children on each side of me, both of them teenagers at their father's death, both of them saying, hey, mom, you don't have to go back and do this. And as I sat there and dissected those few words, I realized within a 20-second span, yes, I do because of them. Not because of me, but I had to find the courage to be there for people who depended on me. That is what has always given me that courage. Now, today, it's quite different. It's not those 18 single head of household women. However, I still have some of those here at the company. <laughs> now it's 250 individuals that when you really boil it down, the people that they're responsible for equates to about 1,000 people. And I take that as a very serious fiduciary responsibility. This is a maybe a strange question, but you you have so much passion. You work so hard, and in a in a in a, in a time when truly this this business is running, you could you could walk away and and take some time off. How how important is leaving the business in a place where your kids, when they when they take over? You've left them something that is sustainable and can run. How important is that to you? And is that what what creates so much passion for you? Uh, it's majorly important. You know, at the time, it was the 18 single household women. Now, today, it's that succession plan. It's not just my children. It's those people that are in leadership positions. It's those people that report to others that are very, very important. But allowing that growth to come because of them sitting by my side, Charlie and Paula. And the beauty of our family is we play together. We work out together. We uh, are very terse together. We go into the boardroom on Thursday mornings. And in fact, about 30 minutes, it will be. Ah! So, but at the end of the day, we walk out, we do this. And we still love each other as a family. So keeping that in mind is very, very important. But leading them to make the right decisions, to find that same courage to go forward is very, very important to me, Jeb. Now, that, that it is different because I've, I've many of my family members work in our company, Sells Gravy. It is different with family when you go head to head and you get in fistfights because you got to go sit around the table and have dinner that night. So yeah. you, you figure out how to make up really quickly. But but I think for leaders out there that the ability to have people sit around a table and have the ability to say what they what you know what they want to say to have an opinion how I guess my question would be how would a, how how do leaders create that that same type of atmosphere in a world where most leaders don't have their family members working there uh -huh. uh, but but I love the fact that the the way we work as a family is is transparent like there, right. there's nobody hiding anything. And I work very hard to try to trans you know, to 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 bring that to my team. It's not always easy, but like how how do you do that while by bringing other people in that are not family members? Oh, that's the power and the strength, the ability to listen to everybody's thoughts. You don't always agree with them, and let me tell you, my son and my daughter are real quick to jump up if the CFO says something that they're not in agreement with and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, 
I want you to show me that. I want you to prove that to me. And that makes him a better person because he either has to pull out the data that supports what he has stated, or he has to say, oh, let me rethink that. So, and I think that's good for everybody to see that there's an accountability structure that causes KTOM to be successful. And without that accountability, we would crumble all over ourselves. We read about it all the time, different companies that crumble because there's something that's just a little jaded that isn't always brought to the surface. We try to bring everything to the surface, whether it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. Because if it's ugly, we want to put some lipstick on it and make it pretty. If it's bad, we want to fix it. We want to fix our internal behaviors. We want to fix our internal attitudes. We want to fix the internal problems. And if it's good, we're patting ourselves on the back. Uh, doesn't happen often, but we do it. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the interesting thing about your culture is you pat yourself on the back for about five minutes and then and it's okay, what's going. next? <laughs> um, so I have a, a, a text message um, channel where people can text me questions that they want me to ask guests on the podcast. And I'm wondering, because accountability conversation is really apropos for this particular question, if I could ask you this question and just to see what you think. Love it. It's from Greg. He's a new head of sales for a company out of Atlanta, Georgia. And he writes that his challenge is that our top producers or top salespeople get complacent managing their existing business. They're all making six-figure incomes and on that existing book of business. Now, my CEO is afraid to push them to go after the new business, but I'm concerned because we need new accounts, new business in order to grow. Is there any advice you can give me on how to explain that we need to hold these people accountable to my CEO? Oh, my goodness. Jeb, didn't we have this conversation yesterday <laughs> we when we were in my boardroom and I was like, wait a minute. We've got to rethink this because everybody does get that cushy mm -hmm. six-figure thing, and it's like, they're comfortable. So mm -hmm. what does comfortability do to all of us? It brings about that word you just shared, mm -hmm. complacency. Complacency is a death wish. You have to fight that at all costs. So in the conversation we had, we talked about different structures of compensation. Mm -hmm. How do we keep that? carrot there so that they are always wanting more. You know, we hear about this thing called inflation, and we have lived it to the nth mm -hmm. degree over the last three to four years in the craziest ways ever. Well, it's affecting our people, but there's still that complacency. So how do we make sure that that mm -hmm. carrot is out there? Hey, you've got this current book of business right here. This is what I'm going to pay you on your current book of business. But for your new account, I'm going to do this for you. Mm -hmm. And it kept keeps that carrot dangling out there because don't we all want better for our families? Don't we mm -hmm. all want a nicer college or better dorm rooms if we're sending our kids off to school or a private school if that's our choice or a steak tonight instead of uh, pinto beans? So I think that there's there's always that monetary piece of it. But then I also think that there's this team, especially in today's world, because my two children are both millennials. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you something about millennials. Most people say, oh, I hate them. I love them. They are the smartest generation I have ever seen. But they question you. Mm -hmm. They put their finger in your chest. They do it in a kind and gracious way where I came from that generation where it's do as I say. That's right. Don't do what, what you want to do. I want you doing as <laughs> I say. So they have taught me how to listen and how to negotiate and how to be there with more of a feel 
than a regimented persona. And I'm very grateful for that. But I think you always have to have something that people want to reach for. Because if you don't, complacency mm-hmm. does rule the day. And it is the number one pillar, pillar of our end results that we're looking for. And I, the listening piece, I think, is super important. So, Charlie, your son, I asked him, because my son just started working for us, like, can you give me advice on, like, how can I work with my son better? And he said, you need to listen. He said, you know, he's going to come to you with ideas, and your first move is going to be, no, do as I say. I already know best. And he said, you just got to listen. And I've, I've taken that to heart. It's working. Like, I, you know, I get my, my first move is to say, like Greg's CEO, no, 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 we can't do that. But what I'm trying to do is, is to, to, to sit on it. Like, just tell yes. me it out. I'll go sleep on it. And I've, what he said, I've, got, I've thought about it, and I'm like, he's right. I need, to, I need to rethink this. But we do, even as leaders, when we think that we're forward thinking and we're always pushing, we get complacent just for being stuck in this is how we've always done it. Yeah, I think you're right. And something else that I'll give you a little tip here, and my late <laughs> husband taught me this. God gave us two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. So frequently I notice, in fact, I'm getting ready to take this into my boardroom in just a few minutes, that communication and conversation is very interesting. How many times are you having conversation with someone that you are quickly wanting Mm -hmm. just to shout out the answer because you think you know it and you really didn't listen to what the question was? So I think you're wise in doing that. And it may be good to sit down with, uh, with, with the person that's asking this question, Greg, and, and him ask his people, tell me what you think. Tell mm-hmm. me how you think you can increase your sales by, I don't know what his goals is. You know what mine mm-hmm. are. They're always 25%. Yeah. And of course, I'm happier when we get to 40 and very unhappy when I'm less than 25. <laughs> but, uh, but I have found that by listening to the e-commerce arm, which is ran mm-hmm. by my daughter, Paula, the sales arm, which is ran by my son, Charlie, to sit and listen to what they have to bring to the table is amazing, the strength of thought that they have. Absolutely. By the way, if you want to text in a question for one of our guests, you can text me at 706-397-4599, 706-397-4599. Just text podcast and your question, and I'll gather it up, and, and maybe we'll put your question on the air. This, this concept of listening, I, I think, is crit- critical. And so one of the major things I'm focusing on with my clients and training because somehow or another in the last three years, salespeople, we've always had a hard time with, but salespeople got crazy transactional. Mm-hmm. It's just, hello, want to buy. And and they've quit like having conversation, the art of conversation, sit down, listen to someone. And even with my, my own salespeople who run our system, I have to sometimes sit down and coach them. Let's Let's think about this for a second. Before we formulate a response, why don't we listen? I love what you said. Listen twice. Check again. Uh, I think that I think that this you know this listening concept is just it's so valuable. But I'm concerned that because of the way that we've we've evolved over in our society since the the whole COVID thing kind of destroyed everything uh. that 
that it? that's been missing. And I'm 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 curious on your on your thought process because I see it everywhere. Like nobody's listening to anybody. Yeah, uh, and everybody wants to have a quick answer to everything. Mm-hmm. So you do have to break those barriers down. It's you know it's kind of like silos within a company. And you helped me break down so many silos when we first started working together eleven years ago. Same thing about listening. Basically, that's a silo. Those non-listeners are sitting over here, but how are we successful understanding each other? Mm-hmm. How are the conversations we had yesterday was understanding you to me, what what my goals are, me to you, how can you help me think outside the box? How can we really mm-hmm. listen to each other? But why do we want to listen? We want to listen to get to know that customer. You know, you're right. It's transactional. And this goes back to Greg's question. Customer calls in, they want to buy a $2,000 item, okay? But through that listening, through that basic conversation of getting to know that individual customer, which came from Charlie Bible teaching me how to do that, and I think he learned it from Jeb Blunt, if you met him. <laughs> and uh, But really getting to know what those people want, I want them to hang up and have bought $10,000. Exactly. Instead of having to get five calls that may or may not come through, let's take that one and cultivate it and understand what that client needs. What are the, what's the client's goals? What are they working for this year? Are the interest rates holding them back? How can we help them get through these difficult days to have that bigger purchase that helps them become more successful. Maybe if they called in for an ice cream machine, they need an ice cream machine and a popcorn machine yes. and a roller machine for their for their buns to keep them warm, etc., so that they have a full package instead of selling a $1.99 item, they get to sell a $6 item. So teaching our team how to have those kinds of communications is invaluable. So there's a quote on your wall that says, some people want it to happen. Some people wish it would happen. We make it happen. (laughs) Tell me about that. Uh, That's called push and push and push. We all sit in there and we think about, okay, uh, I I think we'd like to be blah, 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 have a billion dollar company. That that was what we said at the first year. We want to be a half a billion dollar company by the end of the year. Well, Jeb, we're not quite going to make it, but we're pretty darn close. So. What have we done to make that? Because at the time that statement was stated, I think it was like $350 million. So we made a huge, huge stride. But in the course of that, we did have some things that happened. We had a failing economy. We had inflation through the roof. Uh, we have got these interest rates that do affect people opening new, large businesses. So, and in spite of that, we're still going to get within striking distance of what our goal was. Not quite to the goal, but instead of sitting there saying, okay, no, we're not going to do it because those three factors are so strong. The whole world is dealing with this. The whole world is saying you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. No, it's there. It may be there in a different form, maybe there in a different package. And that's what we have found is that it is there and it may be there because your competitor is weak in an area and you can gobble up their customers. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. I want to be the best company for our customers that I possibly can. And when others are fearful, it brings about a tremendous amount of strength in KTOM's 
backbone. But isn't that your superpower? I mean, we really <laughs> think about this as a leader is that you always raise the bar. You do. And you're constantly challenging people to move to a bar. And I think from a, from a leadership standpoint, you probably have experienced some people who get frustrated because they go, you know, isn't this enough? Like, isn't there enough? And you're that it's never enough leader, but at the same time, you have this, this level of compassion. And when I say compassion, not compassion in that it's a kumbaya moment, but this compassion to say, this is where we're going to go. But along the way, you're not going to let anybody off the hook. You're going to yeah. tell them the truth and you're going to lift them up and coach them. And it, it isn't, that's, that's unique. Well, I don't know how unique it is. It's just the way I guess I have. Okay, Jeb, hard knocks. Let's go back to the hard knocks. The hard knocks was when I, when I lost my husband. And this was his dream. This was mm. his company. We did it together, but he was the leader. He made all the decisions. I just loved being there. I loved watching him. But boy, when my base fell out from under me, I had one of two options. I was either going to crumble and be a ball of dust, or I was going to get up and I was going to figure out how to make it work. Now, how did I do that in the beginning, Jeb? I didn't have a clue. So I did one foot in front of the other. And as I put one foot in front of the other, opportunities would show up. Different people would come into my life different situations. And I learned from each of those. And as I learned, I made a lot of mistakes. I was mad. I was angry. So I would blast out sometimes when I wish I was listening twice as much as I was speaking. But I was so crushed and so hurt, I didn't know how to listen. I didn't know how to evolve through that. But with time, it worked. And with time, I found that that compassion was highly needed. Um, had a young man in our company that just had a conversation yesterday. Bless his heart. He just buried his granddaddy. His daddy was going through cancer. He just went through a divorce. All of these things that happen and life happens to all of us. You think that all of that doesn't happen in a short period of time and his time frame was less than a year, but sometimes it does. And yet I was able to encourage, to support, to help him see that he has something beautiful and fabulous in his two children, in his job, in his ability to impact the world. And so it felt good to watch him walk away with a smile and to know that there is hope. Yeah, bad's going to happen to all of us. It just is. But let's gravitate to the positive. Let's pull out the good and the good within us and make ourselves better. Uh, and I know you've probably seen it, but there's a sign in my boardroom that says, Patricia, you're better than this. I look at that every morning when I walk in. And what does that tell me? Patricia, you can be better today than you were yesterday. Am I always successful at that, Jeb? No. But usually I am. I do try really, really hard to take those few words to heart. Yeah, that sign is uh, in your office is profound. Took a picture of it. And that's what woke me up at four o'clock this morning. <laughs> Because it's it's such it's such a simple thing, Patricia. You're better than this, and you made me go to the sign and say, "Jeb, you're better than this." Yesterday, <laughs> but it, it, I think about you know so many situations where I am better than what I'm doing. You know, I I am better than that, and 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 I and I'm I, I'm just 
it was an inspiring sign because it was just I'm watching you, like one of the most successful people that I've ever met in my entire life. You got every trophy, every accolade. You built this crazy and amazing company. I'm, yeah, it's just sweet. incredible. And and yet there you go. I can be better than this. And um and I it it inspired me. I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm gonna stick it in a place where I can see it every day when I walk in my office because. That's what I, you know, that's what I get from you. Like I learn from you every time I'm with you. And that was like, okay, that's a, that's a little thing that you can do as a leader, as a salesperson, as a human being, as a, as a, as a spouse, as a, a parent to go in every moment, I can be better than this. I can be my best self. Yes, absolutely. And I'm humbled and honored to hear you share those words with me. So I thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Okay. Here's my last question for you. Cause okay. I know you you got to run to a growth meeting. Um, you, everywhere I look around, you have, if all over this building, you just see them in different places. You have the word believe. It's in different places. And I don't know if that's intentional, but it seems powerful. And I, I want to close out on why that word is so important to you. It is intentional because I do think there is a belief system that's far greater than any of us are. And, you know, it's very interesting that, quote, Patricia, you're better than this. I was actually hiking in California with my daughter. We were 7,000 feet, I guess it was, and I'm huffing and puffing, and she is like a little speed demon. She left me a long time back, and I'm standing on the pinnacle, and I'm looking out, and it was just this beautiful, beautiful moment, standing there all by myself. It was so real, Jeb. It was almost audible. This voice came from somewhere and said, Patricia, you're better than that. And I have always gravitated back to that because that really is my belief system. And I think if you have that relational belief, number one, that is powerful. Mm -hmm. But to believe in each other, to see people that are always driven, always looking for more, and to be reminded of that is very, very important to me. So as you stated, when you walk in, you're going to see these signs throughout. Mm -hmm. And all of those are motivational. If you go into my boardroom, yep. you're going to see 20, 30 motivational quotes in there. You're going to see as you walk down the hallways, because when we get up in the morning, it's not always a bed of roses. Lots of mornings we get up and we just don't feel good, or we had a fight with our spouse the night before, or we have a child that's sick. Whatever the, th whatever the thing is in our life, it's easy to get beaten down. So when you walk in the door here, I want you to know that there's someone that believes in you and that you can be someone that can be believed in also. That's powerfully important to me, Jeb. Wonderful. Patricia, thank you so much for joining me on the Sales Gravy Podcast. I truly appreciate it. Hey, Jeb Blunt, I love you with my whole heart. You're amazing. <laughs> and I love what you do with and for our company. So let me unashamedly give Jeb Blunt at salesgravy.com a plug. He is the best, the best, the best in the entire world. And he has put Paytom where we are today. I love you, Jeff Bellon. Thank you so much. Have a great day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>